0: At the command of the Lord, a certain member of a company of prophets said to another, Strike me! And the man refused to strike him. Then he said to him, Because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, as soon as you have left me, a lion will kill you. And when he had left him, a lion met him and killed him. Then he found another man and said, Strike me! So the man hit him, striking and wounding him. Then the prophet departed and waited for the king along the road, disguising himself with a bandage over his eyes. I'm going to make a confession to you here. I am a big fan of the Old Testament prophets. I love the boldness of their prophecies. The way that they went toe to toe with powerful kings and priests but i especially loved the way that some of them had a real flair for the dramatic did you think that they just spoke in the name of the lord if you did then you were mistaken many of them would be called performance artists today They performed weird acts that seemed to be designed to capture people's attention by just how silly and ridiculous they were. The prophet Jeremiah, for example, walked around wearing a wooden yoke for days. Ezekiel set up a mat and lay out on one side of his body in public for 390 days. And there was another one who made horns out of iron, put them on his head, and went around trying to gore people. It seems that if you got a bunch of prophets together, that you would end up in this weird situation where they were constantly trying to outdo one another with their crazy stunts. I mean, it had to be a blast. And there was just such a situation in the times of the prophets Elijah and Elisha when we are told all of these stories about the members of something called the Company of the Prophets. They appear to have lived somewhat communally and this seems to have led to exactly the kind of competitiveness I'm talking about. And when people get crazy competitive, well, there's always got to be that one who takes things a little bit too far and somebody gets hurt. Here is the story of that somebody who got hurt. This is Retelling the Bible. Episode 6.25 The guy who wouldn't hit another guy and so was eaten by a lion. The ambitious young prophet was so very mad. Ever since the company of the Prophets had been founded by the great Elijah they had been very much at odds with the house of Omri that ruled over the land of Israel. The kings of that house refused to meet the demands of the Prophets who insisted on the exclusive worship of Yahweh, the God of Israel, throughout the land they continued to stubbornly worship and honor other gods. But occasionally, they did get some things right. And that was exactly what King Ahab, son of Omri, had done recently. He had engaged in a series of battle with Ben-Hadad, the king of Aram, And he had been smart enough to actually listen to members of the Company of the Prophets. Using their advice, he had chalked up some incredible victories. Most recently, Ben-Hadad had made a foolish assumption. Having been beaten by the Israelites in the hill country, he had reasoned that Since the Israelites were a hill-dwelling people, their God must only be powerful in the hills. He resolved to attack them in the plains, feeling certain that he could beat them there. But one of the prophets went to Ahab and told him that Yahweh was insulted by Ben-Hadad's ignorant assumption. Yahweh was not just a god of the hills, the prophet promised Ahab that, to safeguard his own pride, Yahweh would grant the king a great victory over the Arameans. And so it happened. Ahab beat the Arameans on the field of battle, and Ben-Hadad fled for his life. He was surrounded and forced to make a humiliating surrender. It was perfect. But this was what had gotten the ambitious prophet so worked up. Yahweh had given Ben-Hadad into Ahab's hands. But the king had despised what Yahweh had given. He had formed a new treaty with Ben-Hadad. He had even entered into a new trade deal. And then he had let the Aramean king go. This was unacceptable. King Ahab had to be told off, and the ambitious young prophet decided that he was the one to do it. But he hesitated. If he was going to do this, He needed to do it with style. He needed to pull a stunt or do a piece of performance art that no one would ever forget. Ah, but what could it be? How could he demonstrate to the king just how seriously he had failed in his kingly duty? He puzzled over the question all night long and it was only in the morning that he had the answer. He called over one of the other prophets, one who had never been quite as ambitious as him, who was actually a bit of a slacker in comparison. But still, he was a friend. The two of them had joined the company of the prophets at the same time, They had bunked together at Company of the Prophet's sleepaway camp. They had taken courses in ecstatic states and divination together. His buddy had been right there with him through the good times and the bad. So he definitely wanted him to have the honor of playing a part, no matter how small, in this particular caper. His friend came over and asked him what he wanted. And so he told him, Hit me! You want me to... What? No, wait. Don't tell me. Let me guess what this is all about you want me to hit you so that you can go give a prophecy to the king don't you oh don't look so surprised I've known you for 10 years now I know exactly how you think I've seen you pacing up and down the dormitory here in the company of the prophets You have been fuming at the king, and it's not that hard to figure out why. You are mad at him, because he made what is actually a pretty sensible political decision. He had Ben-Hadad, the king of Aram, in his grasp. Yahweh had given him a victory over his enemy, and yet he chose not to execute the king. He chose to make a new alliance and trade agreement for the benefit of Israel's economy. And you are angry because you don't want that. You just want to see the world burn. And I'm guessing that you want me to hit you so that You look like someone who just came away from a battle, right? Oh, oh, I get it. You are going to pretend to be a soldier, just returning from the battlefield. And you want it to look as if you've been wounded so that it seems authentic. You're going to tell some story about how you were set by your superiors to guard some important prisoner, but you inadvertently let him go. You're going to ask for mercy from the king, aren't you? And then, then when the king condemns you for dereliction of duty, you're going to whip off your bandages and accuse the king of doing what he just condemned you for. Admit it. You're going to try to pull a Nathan, aren't you? You are going to reveal yourself to be a prophet. and You're going to turn around and point at the king and say, You are the man. I will admit that will make for a memorable stunt. I mean, it's not quite as good as the time when Nathan came in with that whole big story about the man who had a favorite lamb, and how his neighbor stole it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. And I know that none of us will ever quite measure up to old Nathan. But I mean, your your thing is pretty good. But I do have a few issues with it. As I understand it, You want to get me, your best friend, to hit you a good one and give you a black eye or something, just to make all this convincing. And then you're going to put on a bandage over the wound to make it look even better. And then you'll rip it off just at the right moment to make the whole thing much more dramatic. So, uh, stay with me here a second wouldn't it work pretty much the same way if you weren't wounded underneath the bandage? I mean, it's not as if the king is going to see it all before the big reveal. So why do I really have to hit you? Won't the bandage alone do the job? I mean, sure, I... I guess you want it to be authentic and all. Maybe you're thinking it would be a lot better if you were actually bleeding right through the bandage. I'll admit, that would look good. So maybe you'd actually prefer if I gave you more than a bruise. You want me to cut you? Maybe I should find a knife or an axe or something. But... That's now sounding kind of masochistic on your part. Are you sure that you're only intent on giving a convincing prophetic message here? Have you developed some kind of martyrs complex? I mean, it's happened to better prophets than you. But what am I saying here? I am your friend and your prophetic partner, I should just do what you're asking me, right? And with that, the other prophet pulled back his fist and prepared to deliver a massive blow. Did the slacker prophet actually say all of that? I'm not sure that he did, but if he didn't say it all, he surely must have thought most of it because there was something in the way that he stood there and especially something in the way in which he hesitated to deliver that blow that really annoyed the ambitious prophet. In fact, he was so annoyed in that moment that this mate of his had not immediately done exactly as he had said, that he did not hesitate to pronounce a very dire prophecy. Because you have not obeyed the voice of Yahweh, he declared, as soon as you have left me, A lion will kill you! I'm not quite sure that the Slacker Prophet heard those words as a genuine threat. In fact, the old eaten-by-a-lion prophecy was a bit of a long-standing joke among the company of the prophets. There was an old story that they told about a man of God who came from Judah and challenged an Israelite king. But he failed to follow completely the instructions given to him by the word of Yahweh. And as a result, he was eaten by a lion on the way home. So it had become a bit of a proverb among the prophets that if they failed to get every detail right, they would get eaten by a lion. So the slacker prophet just laughed the whole thing off and bid his friend success in his attempt to confront the king. He went out of the barracks expecting no more trouble. In that, he made a grave Error. Ah! After that, especially after the word of the lion attack spread throughout the company, the ambitious prophet did not have any trouble finding someone to do his bidding. In fact, the very next prophet he asked not only complied with his request, he hit him so hard that his ears were ringing as he bandaged his face and headed off to find the king. His friend had guessed right, of course. He intended to confront the king, tell an elaborate lie about his own dereliction of duty, and condemn the king for his own failure the confrontation went well. He savored the king's shocked reaction when he whipped off his bandages and shamed the king who walked away all resentful and sullen. But when he returned to the company barracks that evening, his success seemed hollow. After all, who was he going to share his story with His best friend was Lion Food. Okay, I'll admit that I wanted to tell that story because it was just so bizarre. But it does illustrate some interesting things about the prophets, doesn't it? It certainly shows up their flair for the dramatic not to mention their volatile tempers. In case you can't tell, I do have a fair bit of trouble taking that story literally. I have a hard time believing that there was a prophet so intent on carrying out a special performance art piece that he was willing to condemn a fellow prophet to death for hesitating to strike him. I have an even harder time imagining that there were lions standing by, ready to carry out the whims of random prophets, especially when that is something that happens more than once in the Old Testament. Yes, there's another story in First Kings 13 of a prophet who got eaten by a lion even though he had done exactly what God had wanted and only got one detail wrong. So what are we going to do with this strange rash of lion attacks on decent prophets? It seems to be an ancient literary trope. Perhaps a symbolic image for the quick vengeance of God. But whatever else it is, it seemed to me to have the makings of a pretty good story. That is it for this episode of Retelling the Bible please subscribe so you can get the next episode in a couple of weeks. And do leave a review on your podcast provider to help other people find and appreciate this podcast. The theme music for the podcast is Ah Da, and the mood music for this episode is Pixel Land. The music is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under the Creative Commons, and can be found at filmmusic.io. Sound effects can be found at zapsplat.com. You can contact me on Twitter at Retelling Bible and on the Facebook page, Retelling the Bible. Show notes for this episode have been posted at retellingthebible.wordpress.com. Thanks again to my Patreon supporters who back this podcast and a special thanks to follower Pink Habu who just upped your contribution. You are amazing people. If you'd like to join them and discover the benefits they receive, go to patreon.com slash Bible. This is Retelling the Bible, and I have been your storyteller, W. Scott McCandless.